seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. You'll never have me, Sacred Stone. <laughs> oh, this you crazy mother... Welcome, friends, to episode 115 of Color of Magic, your magic and gaming podcast where we talk about all types of things that affect players at and away from their gaming tables and computers. I am your host, Jaquan Watson, and as usual, for 115 episodes, still riding shotgun, Brian Allen. How's it going, dude? Oh, pretty good. I think I've almost finished my Christmas shopping. <laughs> Oh man, you you gotta get on that. You got like one more day. <laughs> yeah, I fortunately got all mine done. Uh, I've been done for a couple of weeks actually. My stuff's all been wrapped in under the tree. So. Some people just gonna get gift cards. Doggone it! I don't blame you. Though on a side note, I had some people hating on me because I was on stream telling people like, "Look, if you send me a Christmas card, I think it's cool. I'm appreciative of it. I don't necessarily display them, but I have them." But if you send me one with glitter, I said literally, if I op- start to open the envelope and glitter falls out. Your letter just goes in the trash. <laughs> and then I just send you a nice note that says, thanks for the card. And that's it. I don't know what the card says. I just know that you sent me one. So I'll send you a thank you text. That's it. Like, this is probably as good a place any to mention that a wizard sent me one. So uh, yeah, appreciate I got one that. Too. And a little, uh, and a little actual magic card inside the Christmas cards. That was neat. And it didn't have glitter, so it got to stay yeah, in the there house. You, go. you wouldn't <laughs> throw away a magic card if it had glitter, would you? Surely not. I wouldn't even have known there was a magic card inside. You, I says wizards on the envelope. <laughs> you would have had some idea. That's probably true. I would at least do that to see if there was one, and then the rest would go in the trash. But yeah, like the next year, I'm going to send Dakota something with fifty dollars in it and put glitter in it just to see. <laughs> you'd be throwing away fifty dollars. <laughs> Deadly, you'd be throwing it away <laughs> and people are like wow that's so rude i said dude my family knows my stance on this my friends know my stance on glitter so like no bueno like you don't send that to my house <laughs> i mean i'm not a huge fan of you know having it all over everything but i'm not <laughs> so anti that i'm straight choking christmas cards no, i'll tell you why though because literally every time like and i tried for a while like i even tried putting like little things under where the cards are displayed to catch the glitter that would fall off the card, <laughs> whatever. But like that crap ends up on your counter, on your floor, whatever. And you're trying to sweep and mop. And like, you know, in June, you're still seeing glitter on stuff. And I'm just like, <laughs> after a while, I was just like, man, enough's enough. Like, why are we doing this? Um, I mean, Again, I'm not necessarily the hugest fan, but I'm clearly not not as upset about the glitter as you are. Oh, I'm definitely yeah, I'm definitely anti glitter. Like, Everybody's got the. Did, did you see the? I'm sure you probably did on YouTube where there was a porch pirate and the guy put a thing with like just glitter and oh, fart yeah, yeah. bombs in yeah, there. Yeah, that's the glitter bomb from Mark yeah. Rober. Yeah. By the way, if anybody doesn't watch Mark Rober, that guy has some fantastic stuff on his channel. It's very educational. The dude is an ex NASA scientist. And he does YouTube videos now, which is crazy. There you he go. He has a huge That's... channel. He has like 12 million or 15 million followers, something like that. Dude, dude is amazing. Though, speaking of Porch Pirates, side note, I did see one that somebody did. Uh, I saw a video, maybe it was earlier today, where they dressed up in the yard as uh, mannequins dressed as uh, the dudes from Squid Game. <laughs> and they left packages out. So whenever the Porch Pirates are coming up, they would tackle them or scare them or whatever. Oh man, people lost their crap when oh, they went after them. Like that's it was great. Amazing. 
But if you want to support the show, don't forget to go by patreon.com slash color of magic. That's what you can do to help us keep the lights on. Honestly, and the money goes to good stuff. Matter of fact, that's why if you notice, Brian's audio quality has been so good for the last month. Put the money toward getting him some new stuff for his setup. So we do put the money to good use to make the show better. Just saying. So, yeah, if you want to. And speaking of. We we, appreciate that. Oh, we totally appreciate it. And we do have a shout out this week to one of our Patreon members because you could be shouted out here, too. Joaquin, I want to try to get this last name right. I think it's Fantessen. Uh, he is actually from Sweden, and he's been supporting us since June 21. I think he might be our only Patreon member from Sweden, actually. Okay. So thank you so much for that. And at the first of the month, first week of the month, we also do giveaways to a couple of winners in our Patreon. So, yeah, you'll be eligible for some cool stuff to be mailed to you as well. And according to my ancestry, I got people in Sweden. So, hey, uh, possibly, you know, kid folk. Could be a cousin. (laughs) I was as shocked to find that out as as y'all probably are to hear it. Well, if y'all want anything else as far as playmats, life counters, tokens. We don't have life counters yet. Something I'm working on. But tokens. And we're actually thinking about getting some more done for Kamigawa. So, could be some cool stuff up there. But hop over to colorofmtg.com slash shop. You can get something for yourself and support the show on the side. And want to give love to our show sponsor, Cardsphere.com. Great place to buy and sell cards at the price you want. Matter of fact, I used it this week both to sell cards and to get cards. Uh, I got some slivers because I had like three quarters of a sliver deck that I bought. And it was just sitting in a collection I bought. And I said, you know what? Let me finish this off and have another commander deck. So I went through, picked some stuff out. And I only paid, I think I averaged like 80% of the retail price on the cards that I got. So that was pretty sweet. Finish out a deck. And then I'm going to have money coming in next week from cards I'm sending out tomorrow. So there you go. So yeah, great site. And they support so many people in the Magic community. So go pay them some love. Check them out. If nothing else, you can set up an account for free. Look around. See what it's all about. Over at Cardsphere.com. Now, we have some interesting things to discuss today. In our soapbox. But this one, you know, I love my nerds, man. But sometimes, <laughs> sometimes we just don't know when to quit. So let me, let me, before I get to like what sparked this this week, we've kind of gone through this history of stuff where magic players say, ah, cards are too expensive. We need more reprints. We don't need so many big cards coming out in standard sets, blah, blah. All right. So then they do that for a while. And then people are griping about, well, now it's not worth it to draft or worth it to buy boosters because none of the cards are worth anything and blah, blah, blah. So, like, that was around, like, I don't know, Oath of the Gatewatch time or whatever, right? People are mad about that. So then time progresses, and Wizards is like, well, you know what? What if we just do these rare cards that you could buy in chunks of, like, 20 or 30 bucks, and we'll do Secret Lair? And we're like, ah, that's so dumb that Wizards is doing that. Why do these exist? Why is there extra money? But, like, okay, you don't like that idea, right? So then... The latest thing is Wizards has gotten with the company. I believe they're called Beetle and Grimm. Then they're putting together this package. The $500 package, which I think right now you can get it for $449, of a limited and numbered exclusive Kamigawa backpack that comes with, I think, like 15 things. Not even exaggerating. It's like a couple of sets of exclusive sleeves, some special deck boxes, like a necklace, uh, life counters, 
a plushy, just like tons of stuff, right? And then people were mad about that on socials this week. And it's like, okay, so Wizards partnered with another company to make a thing that has nothing to affect your game or your cards at all. Just if you want a sweet-ass thing, here's this package that has just a bunch of cool stuff, and it's going to be rare and collectible and whatever, so you know it's going to be worth money down the road. And now you're mad just because they made an expensive thing and like you can't buy it and that's too much for somebody to pay. Which, by the way, let me be fair. At $500 with everything that comes in it, it's not that bad of a price, really. Because anybody who shopped around, like you can find high-end backpacks that not like Gucci backpacks, but like <laughs> high-end backpacks in the like $150, $200 range anyway. Right? Those And there's a few that are more expensive than that. But like, those already exist. So it's not like that is that foreign of a concept to begin with. So that already makes it like somewhat reasonable when you consider like it has some deck boxes that would be probably between 15 and $20. It's got some rare sleeves that are probably 10 or $12. A couple of those. It's got some art prints. Those are probably, I don't know, 25, $30 value. If not more, there's a wall poster of Kamigawa in there, like a what Kamigawa map. There's a necklace. I don't even know what that's supposed to look like, but I can't imagine that's less than $25 worth of value, right? And, and it goes on and on. It's tons of things. So it's like the value's there. But at what point are you just going to say like, well, I don't want anything in Magic to ever be more expensive than I can afford to buy right now. And I want to have everything. One, that's already a bad mentality to have. Like none of us need everything. And there's multiple things that they've put out. Like last year, they put out watches. And people got all mad about the watch because they were $200 watches and blah, blah. And why is this thing? Which, you know damn well as well as I do, $200 is not insane for a watch. Well, I mean, it, 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 to me, it's, it's personally insane. But yeah, in the grand scheme of things, no, nah, people charge. There are people charging way more. That's what I'm saying, right? And not saying that I need to own one. But like the fact that the watch is $200 isn't crazy. But people want to get mad about all these things. And it's like... Why? What are we doing? Who cares? If somebody out there collects magic things or is a super fan of Kamigawa or whatever, or hell, like in my case, I consider getting one just for investment purposes and see if it goes up in value, right? If somebody wants to, let them. Like Wizards is getting some extra money. This partner company is obviously going to make some extra money. So what? Like, it doesn't affect your game. It doesn't affect your cards. Artists are still making their money. Like, nothing. why? What are we mad about? Like, that was kind of my point to the whole thing. Is like, it's okay to be upset about something. Even to be slightly bothered that, like, it's out of your price range. And you think it's really sweet and you'd like to have it. Like, I understand that. I have been, I've told you before, I there have been points in my life I wasn't even poor. I was destitute. I, I mean, I've been there too. Just for real, just nothing. So I get it, seeing things and being like, ah, man, I really wish I could, but you know, I got to save this last five dollars or whatever. Yeah, like I've been there. But to be mad at somebody else just because a thing exists, it's not like. And don't get me wrong, five hundred dollars a lot, but that's not even like what I would call like crazy extravagant compared. Hell, we see people making five hundred dollar deck boxes out there. This is true. And that's to me, I'm like, I, you know, unless I'm putting like super high end legacy or vintage deck in it, I mean, hell, a $500 deck box is going to be worth as much or more than most of the decks I would put in it. 
but people are okay with that. You know, so I'm like, come on, y'all. Like, we we got to stop with this. Like, let people enjoy some nice things if somebody wants to buy. It. And honestly, the truth is, the more that stuff that's out there, the longer the things you buy don't have to increase in crazy value or anything. Like, they don't have to raise all the prices because they found all these other ways to make money. Like, that's just the way it is. All right. I'm done. <laughs> like... And I think your issue is going to be uh, a bit more important than my issue is. Yeah, here in the great state of Texas, uh, some librarians are, and many librarians are, are complaining about the, the push to ban books in Texas schools and public libraries. Most libraries, you know, they said, you, you, you're lucky if you in the modern era, if you get one challenge to a book a year, you know, where we're basically saying, hey, we don't think uh, this should be in a public library. It, most places that happens perhaps once a year. There are many librarians who through their 20 year career have never had a book challenge at their library. There's one county in Texas that has 850 challenges, many of them from a single lawmaker. Books what the hell uh, do they do? Just go and be like everyone written by a black author. We all know about this. Like I mean, like not just race. For example, one of the books that's under fire is the Black Flamingo by Dean Otta, which is a coming of age novel about a mixed race gay teen who becomes a drag artist. Texas, yeah, you can imagine how many people are going to call for that to be pulled. Yeah. Well, one of the complaints about that that's quoted in this article from the Texas Tribune, great article, by the way, this this book is meant to sexualize children, especially into alternate life, not alternative, but alternate lifestyles and make them want to be someone else than who they were born to be. That ain't how it works. <laughs> that's never been how it works. Yeah, it's not like... Nobody's ever read a book and been, hey, you know what? I'm gay now anymore. Anybody's ever, any gay person ever read a book and been, no, wait, I'm straight. It was such a good book. Yeah, That's I don't not really how it works. understand that at all. I mean, I mean, I do understand. Like, yeah, we understand how, it. We just don't agree. <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, I, I get why they believe what they do, but that's not how it works. Like, it's if you already are feeling that you in some way sympathize with the character and you're like, okay, I get it. Somebody else feels like me. I can live through somebody else's journey and I in, get it. It's certainly a lot of cases in books, movies, uh, video games too. Now it, in a lot of ways makes it easier for you to voice what you were already feeling. And people yeah. again, people that, that are straight, I would tell, but a lot of straight people don't understand how important that is to know that you're not, especially when you're 12 or 13 having these feelings, to understand you're not the only person that has gone through this. Yeah, now, what's their plan? Like, let's say, oh, I don't know, these 800 books. Like, okay, what, what do, one, what's their that's plan? That's a fair chunk of books, by the way. Yeah, you can be that's like, going to blow a significant hole. Not that they're ever going to run out of books, but still, that's a ridiculous amount of books, I feel like, for anybody to have a problem with. Yeah, that's sort of my thing. Like, you know, what is their plan once these get, if they if it does go through and they can ban them, or are they going to, like, fight if, like, I don't know, only 400 get banned? Then, like, what do you do? Oh, like, I'm sure the fight continues. 
Yeah, that's just so. Uh, yeah, man, this is why. And, and when people ask me, like, so do you miss Texas? I'm like, man, you want an honest answer? <laughs> well, there definitely are. I'm sure you, you know, Whataburger, for example. Oh, I'm, I'm sure you miss. Yeah. More than anything about Texas, for real. I have some friends that still live there and the food. Yep. Like, those are probably the two things. But when you start talking about, like, the schools and the politicians and, you know, all that type of stuff, like, I don't, man. Because there's a lot of aspects of, you know, my sweet home in Louisiana that I miss, including the food and the friends. But when stuff like this happens in Louisiana, and it does, no, those aspects I don't miss. Because I promise you there are politicians in Louisiana, hey, like, hey, let me borrow your list there, Senator from Texas. Yeah. We want to ban those books also. And don't get me wrong. Like, no place is perfect. No. But that type of issue is a non-starter here. Like, doesn't matter what side of the aisle you're on. Nobody would even take up that fight. Like, they would just look at it and be like, yeah, not worth our time. What is, What is wonderful uh, about fights like this is that it almost every scenario the author's book becomes doubly more popular and people that had never heard of the author before go out and pick up the book because they feel the other side is is being ridiculous yeah that's literally the next thing i was gonna say it's like and you're bringing attention to these books that people didn't even know existed. Yeah, I'd never heard either of the books mentioned this article (laughs) until i read this article they're on my reading list now Thank you, uh, <laughs> thank you, Texas State Legislature. Which is crazy, right? I don't even understand. But like, I, I mean, they don't, they don't get it, right? You're raising the profile, and some of these authors, like, that's their one book. Yep. You know, like, so now you've now put them on a pedestal where now they get to do all the web shows and the right. podcast and the the TV interviews and whatever. So like, you just shine the spotlight on them instead of just letting it sit there in the dark. Because spoiler alert, it's hard to write even one hit book. <laughs> yep. But you just took it from being a barely seller to a bestseller. So, yeah, it'd be interesting to see how that plays out, though, because the 800 is such a big number. I can't imagine. any. Yeah, you, I mean, I was going to say that Texas could, but I would imagine most committees or whatever are not going to. Ban eight hundred. Because especially if they've already bought all those books, you'd be like, "Hey, yeah. you can scratch a check for the the books to replace these." If not, we're gonna need you to shut your mouth. Yeah, that's it too. Because that's a that's lot. A thousand books. Yeah, most of them are gonna have two or three copies, I'd imagine. So yeah, that's a lot. That's a lot. That ain't cheap. Well, all right. With all that mess out of the way, let's talk about some interesting and fun stuff that happened last week that we can tell people about because I think we do have some really fun things this week. So what you got, Brian? What did you learn? All right. Uh, As I'm sure y'all have noticed, COVID is is ripping through American sports teams and leagues. But yeah, it is. There have been some good stories to come out of this latest outbreak. And one of the best ones was yesterday when Jennifer King for the – Washington football team became the first black woman in NFL history to be a lead position coach on Tuesday night. So that is that is awesome. And been reading up on her. She really is an incredible person. Before becoming a coach, she played in the Women's Football League for about 10 years. So, yeah, she is making history on so many levels. You you may have seen her on Good Morning America and several other talk shows because, again, 
history is being made here and everybody has been, you know, very complimentary of the job she did. And hey, it may, may not be long before we see a woman as a head coach in the NFL, hopefully. Yeah, I could see it. I mean, we've already reached the point that we're starting to have women that get the role of referees yeah. in several sports. There are a couple of uh, a couple of uh, female general managers also. Yeah, yeah, we're seeing that for sure. So yeah, so the, the glass ceiling is we're, we're getting some cracks <laughs> put I in mean, the glass ceiling in pro sports, and that is awesome. You do, you do have some women that are head of operations for these. Yep. Hell, I think the Rams are actually owned by a woman. Yeah. So I believe the Bears are as well. Yeah. So it's possible. You know, like it, it's we're not that far away. I mean, I'd say you know it may not happen in the next season or two, but you know, if you told me by twenty twenty five we'd probably have one, I'd be like, yeah, that's doable. Mm-hmm. I could see that being a thing. Now you know, I don't know what ridiculousness she'll have to put up with at first, but you know, we'll see. And it's not like the the the, the NFL, all these pro sports leagues have a lot of ridiculous to put up with, regardless of who is coaching. There is no monopoly on it. That is very true. Yeah, mine was was kind of interesting this week, and. I went on a little bit of a journey and we'll, we'll come back to this later in the show, but one of the things that happens periodically, and we've talked about this, you know, there are some uh, knuckleheads we'll call them in the community that don't like seeing certain people succeed. And uh, occasionally my stuff will get targeted by trolls. And I'll, I can tell, cause I can see like numbers trending down, like right after I put a video up or something. And like, obviously nobody's had time to watch a 40 minute video if it's only been up for 20 minutes. Right. So, yeah, no big deal. Normally, it balances out by the end of the day, so I don't mess with it. However, Monday was particularly bad. Like, you're like watching the numbers drop almost in real time, like a tenth of percent, tenth of percent, tenth of percent, like constantly, right? So I'm like, okay, obviously something's going on today. So I just reached out to all my social channels, and I was like, hey, y'all, here's what's going on. I need y'all to rally the troll patrol. And help me out. And surprisingly, I discovered that even when people, for whatever reason, are in my spheres on different social groups, but do not follow me on YouTube or watch my videos or whatever, they all turned up on Monday. (laughs) (laughs) And that's when I discovered, like, even if people don't care to follow you or do anything else, they will participate if it means keeping the trolls from winning. Like, people hate trolls winning more than anything else on the internet, apparently. And that's actually pretty sweet to know. I don't know when I'll have to mobilize everybody again, but it's cool to know that that's a thing because I literally didn't know until Monday. So it was kind of interesting to watch and seeing, and, I mean, people were all in, they were like retweeting stuff and trying yeah. to like rally people to go to the video and all this. And I'm like, y'all are I really saw people saying stuff like, I don't even know who you are. <laughs> you know, I've never yeah. seen your content before, but I'm not about to let the trolls win. And that's what I'm saying. Like people were just all in. And I was just like, Whoa, like this is appreciative, but this is not the reaction I expected to have happen. Th- right? There are some things that, that just bring people together. It's like, you know, you would always have that episode of uh transformers or GI Joe where, Hey, G.I. Joe and Cobra unite because somebody's dealing drugs and even Cobra Commander hates crack. You know, they never yeah, exactly. said it's, it's crazy. So, I mean, appreciative to everybody who showed up, helped out. Like, it did help that video particularly. So, like, you know, super appreciative of everybody. 
it was just a weird circumstance because totally did not expect that reaction. I was thinking, all right, you know, I'll get some of the people that may have just like been putting off watching the video or something would go over, watch it, click the like button, whatever, do that whole thing. And yeah, it was totally way more than anticipated. But, you know, like I said, everybody was just like, yeah, screw those people. You shouldn't have to deal with this. Trolls are stupid, blah, blah. And I was like, man, y'all are for real on this. All right. Y'all are for the cause for real today. So, yeah, just interesting that that's a thing. Who knew? Anyway, let's get into some news because we actually have some pretty interesting news to talk about this week. Especially for uh, Christmas week. Usually it is a former newspaper reporter. Christmas is the dead zone in terms of trying to find news. Yeah, not this week. Now, one of the things we had this week was Wizards of the Coast announced they're going to be doing some promotions with Post Malone going into 2022. And this is a thing because, you know, Post Malone, if you haven't been paying attention or you don't know who he is, he's a, uh, I will say, well, he is an award-winning musician uh, for both, I guess you would say, hip-hop-ish stuff and, like, I don't know, pop, <laughs> I guess, because he's just yeah, kind of hip-hop, style pop, of music. you know, he... Yeah. But, you know, he's he produced a song for, like, the intro for Game Nights. He's appeared on their show. He's done stuff with the professor at Tolarian Community College. He's done stuff on I Hate Your Deck. Like, he's been making the rounds on a lot of the big channels for Magic. And, obviously, it's helping their numbers, and people know that he's a draw. So, Words of the Coast reached out and said, hey, we should probably amplify this, right? Like, you come work with us. We'll do a thing. Great. And... Honestly, I think it's actually pretty well-intentioned because even in their announcement, they said whatever they do, they're working on something. So it will target specifically Friday Night Magic because their belief is as we get deeper into 2022, more people are going to start going back to stores, which is logical. Yeah. And they want to use this as a way to drive people to FMs and to local game stores. So I'm like... All right. I read the announcement. I thought this seems cool, right? We have a person who is all in on magic, like to the point that before he started appearing in these shows a couple of years ago, like he appeared on late night talk shows wearing a magic button up, you know, like with the little magic cards on it or whatever. So like the dude is all in on magic. This isn't like we just picked a popular. It's not like they went and got like, I don't know, Chris Hemsworth or or <laughs> the rock or whatever. And just like, we're going to do a thing because we know this person's famous and they'll get eyeballs on it. Right. Like, they actually found somebody who is way in on magic. Right. You know, same thing like we talked about before when you've got, uh, you know, like Hunter Pence, the baseball player who's all yep. in on magic and, you know, some of the other celebrities we've seen Cassius Marsh, you know, who's a football NFL player. So it's like, this makes sense. It's a person who's famous, has a draw, a, the biggest name really that they've been able to work with that we've had in magic spheres, I would say so far. And we know he's a draw. So makes sense. And you're sending people to local game stores to help them basically recharge FMs as we slowly start opening up stuff, hopefully back to some level of normalcy through 2022. So, like, this is a great plan. And then I proceed to see everybody bitching about it. <laughs> I'm like, what? Why are we mad? Like, You know why. Well, here's the thing. Like, first off, the whole sellout thing, when people bring that up, that doesn't make any sense to me. Like, it's not like Wizards and Magic have never worked with celebrities before, right? We we did the commercials that had Patton Oswald and had, uh, what's his name, from Machete. And we've done stuff with Sir Mix-a-Lot. Like, so it's just like, this is a thing that's been going on. This isn't new. You can't just be like, oh, well, now Wizards is just like money grubbing or they're just grabbing for cash. Or like, no, this is a thing that we've been doing. 
It's what businesses do. It's the whole reason commercials exist with celebrities in them. Right. So it's like that. That's just business. Whatever. Now, the people that are on a stretch being mad about, well, how are you working with Post Malone? Because he's good with NFTs. And it's like, so you want Wizards to be mad because Post Malone has promoted NFTs before? Like, Wizards doesn't even... hate NFTs as much as you hate NFTs. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I don't even understand. I'm like, why is that a thing? Like, don't get me wrong. I'm not like NFTs are the greatest thing ever or whatever. But even when we talk about like environmental impact or whatever, there's still bigger things I'd rather tackle. And like, don't get me wrong. If we could deal with NFTs, great. But there's bigger things I'd rather tackle. And NFTs are not going to get my ire like 50 other things. I mean, you might as well be like, well, Post Malone supports, I don't know, Coca-Cola, and they make all those 20-ounce plastic bottles filling up the ocean or whatever. Like, like really? You want to be mad at Wizards for working with somebody because of that? Like, it's not like you said, well, we think he's tied to, I don't know, human trafficking or something. <laughs> like, okay, cool. Then we'd have an argument, you know? Or he supports, I don't know, some awful humanitarian cause or anti-humanitarian cause in another country or something, right? Okay, cool. We could have that talk. But this isn't going to be big enough to get anybody fired up. Like, and they've basically said, because you know as well, right? Him, him and his agency are not working for free. No. So Wizard is spending some amount of money, which I'm assuming is because of his status, probably six figures. Part of your agent's job is to make sure you don't work for free. <laughs> yeah. So, like, he's going to get some big chunk of money, and they're spending this to send people to your local game stores to help them be solvent and fill their stores up eventually in the future with their FMs again. That's like one of the best things they could be doing with this promotion. <laughs> like, seriously. Even if I don't like Post Malone, even if I don't like NFTs, I'm like, this is like one of the best things they could be doing with this promotion. It wasn't like they said, we're going to do this thing with them and we're going to try to promote like our new Grand Prix when those roll out, or we're going to put them in a series of commercials for, I don't know, whatever. Like they're literally saying we're doing this so we can get people back into stores. Like, I, I can't be mad at this. I don't know what your stance is, but I can't. I'm just, I'm, I can't be fired up. I mean, to be if celebrities want to play your card game, I think you let them. Again, like you said, unless they're tied to some sort of, you know, some sort of like human traffic or something really terrible. NFTs is just not it. <laughs> yeah, I'm just like, that's not enough for me. It's just not. NFTs and appear to be, for at least for the time, well, let's say for the next year year and a half it looked like they're here to stay they'll be here at least that long also the other thing i like about this this is another strike against that whole wizards is trying to kill local game stores wizards is planning to get rid of paper magic right. like no they're spending real money planning a whole promotion and shit to just get people into their local game stores like you don't spend that kind of money and that kind of effort if your plan is to kill it. You know yeah, because I mean? they could have just, just let it sort of, they could have just let it sort, sort itself out. They had to go get Post Malone. Exactly. They, they, they could have sent people promo card. They, they could have done a whole lot of things that cost a lot less than hiring Post Malone. And I can tell you it's dumb, the perspective, because even in my retail group, somebody was like, well, what do y'all think about this? And literally people are like, did you not read it? They're specifically saying they're trying to send people into your store, dog. 
like <laughs> your problem with this is exactly but it's because they saw the reaction of some people and they're like oh well this must be something bad i gotta go find out what other retailers think and everybody went no that's actually what you should want them to do right like what what what's the question <laughs> like like i don't understand people like this is the if you want to support your local game stores and you want your local stores to be around and you want paper to get support this is one of the best things that they could do it really is they found uh i i would i would at least i would say he's an a-list celebrity yeah so like they went and found an a-list celebrity who already plays their game that's already been introduced to their community that has shown that this community likes them and gets behind them to use all that celebrity and popularity to drive people to your local store to make FMs work again. Like that's that's great. And it makes even more sense because Post Malone is a big commander player and he plays like casual. He does have some like top end decks and stuff, but he mostly plays a lot of casual level magic. So it makes sense that he would be one of the celebrities that would support casual level magic at your local right. game stores. I, you can't, I don't know. Like I think it's great. I'm I'm all for the announcement. Yeah, I get it. People want to be mad about NFTs or whatever. But I'll be honest. I feel like on some level, the NFT hate is bigger than it needs to be. Like people are trying to, and don't get me wrong. I'm not saying NFTs are great and all that stuff, whatever. But people are making the hate just bigger than it needs to be and letting it overshadow like other real issues we should be tackling right now. Like every time, and I'll be honest, I've gotten to the point that every time I see somebody complain about NFTs, I'm just like, really? Why aren't you getting mad about other crap that's actually like directly affecting a lot of people right now? Right, we have a ton of things to hell. We talked about just last week or two on the show about, you know, equal treatment and whatever, even just in our own communities. But like these people want to ignore those conversations when we post about them. But I'll be damned if somebody says something about NFTs and they're not one of the first people to speak up. Oh yeah. Anyway, let's talk about something else. For those of you who don't know, Covert Go Blue, as he goes by, or lovingly CGB, is or was one of the, was still one of the largest magic content creators on YouTube. I uh, believe he's, by numbers, he's probably like, he's a top 10 for sure. Uh, maybe even top five, but for sure top 10. With like, I think 140-ish thousand subscribers right now. And he had the streak of consecutive days posting a video for magic at i believe it was 1048 days and he got into a uh fairly publicized series of matches with him and croquis and he put his streak on the line and he won he was one uh three to one i believe was the series score when it was all done after a few hours of playing i want to say it was a couple hours but he already had it decided that he was going to take a break anyway holidays and all that and he just wanted some time off and you know Bless him. It, you know, that's basically three years in a row worth of content. <laughs> like, reasonable if you want to take some time off. And uh, people sort of felt all different ways about it. I, I think the majority were just like, hey, dude, you've earned it. You know, no take joke. some time off. There were some other people that seemed bothered by it or like, ah, you know, there's nobody else out there doing content like you and it's not going to be as good and blah, blah. You know, there was those people. But honestly... And I haven't completely confirmed this, but I have it on reasonable authority that a good chunk of my trolls probably were related to this on Monday. And the timing kind of makes sense, right? He yeah. announced the streak was ending. I 
indirectly became the new streak holder. Uh, I would say accidentally because that was never the intention. <laughs> but uh, now, and I'm still, and I'm not even close, y'all. So like for people to even be bothered by that is amazing to me because I'm only at 690 days. I mean, I'm effectively a year away from even coming close to that. Now, total videos, I'll probably eclipse 1,048 videos probably by March-ish. So, because I'm putting out just an insane, I think my numbers were 1.4 videos per day average on my channel, which is stupid. But yeah, it was weird to just see the backlash and whatever being the new, I won't say record holder, but the new streak holder, I guess. And what's funny is I thought about it. Like, I don't, I mean, I don't think CGB had anything to do with it, by the way. So don't throw any shade his way. Like, we're actually friends. We, you know, we're in the same stream team. I've done stuff on his channel and whatever. Like, we're, I, I don't think he, had, you know, knuckleheads just do what knuckleheads do. I don't think it has anything to do with them. But I kind of wanted to bring this up anyway, just to kind of put in perspective, like, what 1,048 days of consecutive content is. Because it's a lot. And I and I even decided, like, if I were to get close to the streak, I don't know if I would even take the streak. I might stop a day early just because. Or I might just take a day off coming up just because. You, you got to do it. You got to beat the Undertaker at WrestleMania, man. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, I got to be the Brock Lesnar to his Undertaker. Right. You're saying? Break, beat the streak. Like, I, but the thing is, it really is a lot, y'all. I think it's easy to look and see that like, oh, there's a new video up and whatever. And you see the finished product and, you know, the music's all in there and you've got overlays and whatever and transitions. And but it's like, you don't understand. Like, you know, we were talking about this pre-show to even just produce gaming content. Like you sometimes have to film for two hours, three hours just to get footage. Right. Right. Because, and here's the thing. It's not about like doctoring wins and losses or whatever. Like a lot of people think some of it is just like you have some boring footage. Yep. Right. Like, and I was saying like, I had a deck not long ago where I just blazed through my first five matches and they were maybe a minute and a half, two minutes long. And I was like, okay, it's cool to show that once or twice to be like, Hey, you can get these crazy draws, but like, nobody wants to see you just, have games be over in four turns or five turns, like multiple turns in a row, games in a row. Like, so you're like, okay, I can't even use all that. Right. And then you get the opposite where you get maybe three really long games against some boring control deck or against like, is it epiphany? And it's like, well, now nobody wants to sit now through three or four 25 minute games. You're playing that game and you don't want to sit through it. Nobody yeah. else was watching like, you sit I, through it. I literally conceded games even when I had a shot at winning because I'm just like, I just need to save time for recording. So I just like, yeah, forget it. This is going to go longer. Opponent can just have the win. I don't really care. Or I'm mad and I'll, I'll run into somebody who's jamming their incredibly loud rap music. And as I've discussed before, Sony has taken yeah. away the means for me to mute that. So like, you have that whole issue already. Then it's going back through your footage, figuring out what you can and can't use and, you know, all that. You know, like you're saying, in some cases, having to, like, put the volume down or whatever so music can't be heard. And, like, and then you got to load the video, which sometimes takes 30, 40 minutes to an hour, depending. Right? So then that's a whole thing. And then you still have to do the follow-up of promoting it, putting stuff out on Twitter, whatever, Facebook, going and responding to all your comments. And, like, one video might eat up six hours. Not all of them, but sometimes. 
right? And it's like, he did that for over three years or up just around three years. Like that, that's commendable, man. Like, I don't think people understand how much work, how many hours that is. Like, understand that he probably put in all told, if you include all the promotion and everything else, even on the short side, if you said three hours went into producing each video and he had the most streamlined thing and whatever. And that's assuming also not the money because he probably pays editors for every one of those videos as well, right? That is a lot, man. That's a lot of time and a lot of money. So yeah, nothing but love for that, man. Like that, that is a lot. And I can tell you even for what I'm doing, I'm putting out even more video content and there's literally days, my butt's in this chair for 10 hours, 12 hours. Oh, easily. You know, just doing that. And I, and I'm not even great at editing. You know, I've had to learn a lot of stuff. So, yeah, I just don't think people understand what that even represents in just the amount of time consumed. And now, don't be wrong, if I could pay editors and stuff, like, I'd be speaking up, speaking up, that is real. If you are an affordable editor and you would like to edit some game footage, or not even game footage, just magic-related content, reach out. Hit me up on, on Discord or on, on Twitter because, man, I need to take some of this workload off. I don't know how I'm going to afford it just yet. But, like, if you're looking for some side money and you think you can handle it, bring your skills my way. We might might have a trade. For real. Because, man, it's it's a lot of work. I mean, and y'all are going through that right now, right? Because on your family. Oh, yeah, family, vlogmas. It's a beating. I hate to be like, is Christmas over yet? But to an extent, you're like, God, is Christmas over yet? For real. Like, and you and those are the things you kind of have to do to build your reach right now. Granted, I don't think anybody should do what I'm doing. Like I am literally just being a ridiculous machine. You don't need to put up stuff every single day, but you need to have a consistent schedule where you've got three things or four things going up every week. You know, you have to have time to respond to all your comments or whatever. And like, there's so much that goes into just brand building to grow your channel and get to those levels where you can get paid and monetized or whatever. And it's just, I feel for people, man, because I don't think I think it's very easy because we live in a world full of just nice, high quality content. So when you see it now, it like there was a point in time where if you rewound even six or seven years ago, when you saw like the really nice YouTube video, you're like, oh, man, this person, they're doing something right. You know, whether whether that's quality editing or they found a way to like get nice music into it or they had special cameras or whatever. Now that's almost becoming the norm. So people don't even process that that's like real work. And I get it because I caught myself doing that recently, too. Where like you see somebody like, man, why did someone not have a video out today? Not realizing that they had four videos out last week. (laughs) You know, just like and there and theirs are way higher quality than mine. So I know there's real production going into theirs. And it's just like what am I doing? Like I watched four of their videos in the last week. I, you know, I need to chill. There'll be one sooner or later. So yeah, it's, it can be really demanding. It can be tough, but yeah. Congratulations to CGB. You know, I, Definitely. I think a, a thousand and forty eight days. That's, that's a real number that I don't, I, I tell people, imagine doing anything every day other than like that wasn't required, you know, shower or brushing your teeth or something for a thousand days in a row. Like imagine eating like a piece of beef jerky every day for a thousand days in a row. 
Like by the end, you would be tired as hell of that beef jerky. You would look at that task every day after probably about day 100 and just be like, oh, 900 more to go. Like, think about that though. That's real. Yeah. Like, and we're putting out content every day, right? Trying to appease, appease a community or please a community that you know a majority of people are going to hate whatever you, you're going to get bad mouth, whatever you put out. Like, there's going to be somebody all the time. So, yeah, it's, it's an interesting thing. But let's talk about tournament stuff from Wizards of the Coast. So remember, I guess this is about three months ago or so. Yeah, it was about that long because we were actually about four months because we were talking back in September about Macharino because they worked with Team Liquid, who works with Crokies, and there was supposed to be that whole thing for Midnight Hunt, and that was the whole thing. And Wizards has promoted it and shared some tweets and whatever. Well, just this past week, we started seeing a bunch of announcements and posts from MTG Melee. And for those of you who don't know, MTG Melee basically is the hub where pretty much all, I, I would say all major or important magic tournaments have been run for a while on Arena. And that's just kind of the way it is. And that's why we were sort of surprised that Match Arena ended up getting some type of deal or whatever to run events. Now, they didn't have a good look where the first one didn't work and got canceled. And I think they did a follow-up, but it wasn't that well-received. And now we have MTG Melee announcing that they have worked with Wizards to create an organizer program for MTG Melee. And organizers can now get, I guess, gyms and arena and invites to each of the major Magic events online to award to their large tournaments. Which is, to me, is a win for everybody. Right? This is great for Wizards because... Now you can have the average person be invested in this thing. Like they can participate in a thing for their communities or from their favorite creators or whatever, and still win an invite to some of the stuff. Wizards doesn't have to manage that. It's going to be consistent money for MTG Melee because they get like 50 cents or a dollar, I think, out of every entry fee or something or whatever. So they'll get their money and that'd be all good. And it means that Wizards is still wanting to support these other companies within the magic community that actually understand how magic and card games work. Cause that was, that was the thing we came back to on Maturino, right? We were looking through the site and everything just was like talking about money, but none of it was really like understanding the process of how a card game tournament works. And apparently the verdict was everybody agreed. <laughs> so we weren't crazy, but I, I think this is a good thing. Cause well, this- I, I may still be, but I mean, that's not why. <laughs> There's many other things. We're we're crazy for other reasons, for sure. But yeah, I I think this is good. I really do. Because we said it before. MTG Melee has pro players and some of the best magic organizers ever working on it. Right? And and, and I'll be honest. like, No hate. Because I have several friends that have run events. Some of them still run events. And they are good at them. But Steve Port was one of the best. And I don't think anybody who runs major events would argue that. And he's one of the minds behind MTG Melee. So it's like, yes, work with the company that understands everything about running magic events, right? And they spent the whole time, they've made lots of upgrades. You know, they've just done stuff all through the pandemic to make it where we can still run events online since we haven't been able to do stuff in person. 
So I think it's great that they're getting rewarded. And now all these creators and communities and stores or whatever that have been doing big events now have cool stuff to give to people. And their events are bigger draws. And Wizards doesn't even have to worry about trying to vet some of these people because MTG Melee already has all their history. Right? They know you if you can handle running a big tournament or not. They know how many complaints have come through for your events or whatever. So, yeah, they've already got it. When you apply, they can literally just go back and look through history everything. It's like, yeah, you're good. We've had no issues. You've continually grown your events. Your next one can have whatever, four invites and a pile of gems to give away or whatever. That's great. Like, this feels like another one. Like, again, I tell people all the time, when a company screws up, we'll definitely talk about it here on the show. But at the same time, when they do something right, we kind of got to praise it. And I think this was a right decision. I don't know. Like, I, I don't know if you even use Melee or whatever, but like, I have. I've uh, been, in, been in a couple of events on Melee. And yeah, I mean, they, they get it right. There's really, uh, I believe, nothing to complain about. The few times I ran into an issue, there was somebody to support, talk, talk with immediately, and everything was fixed in a, in a pretty quickly fashion. Yeah, I I'm with you. I've had the exact same experience. So this is one where, like where I read it, I went, yeah, this makes sense. You know, there's there's nothing to complain about here. I would I would participate in any tournament they were running. Yeah, that's what's another one. I just said, man, if y'all want to be mad at this, y'all are just gonna have to be mad. Like, and I'm sure some people are like, well, there's some. I don't know creators I don't really care for that are now going to get to have invites or whatever. Like, so what? As long as they're not doing anything wrong, like I, there's a lot of creators I don't necessarily watch or care for or whatever, but like they're not doing anything wrong. I just don't agree with them or they're not my jam or whatever. But if they have a big community that's doing lots of positive things and they're constantly running big tournaments, yeah, let them give away a few invites. Like it, it supports the players anyway. It's not even yes, really it gr- doing it grows that much the event. Players. I mean, yeah. that's the idea. And it's more opportunities for you as just a random person to be able to play in these big events. That's the other thing, right? If I run some events or Degenerate Gaming runs some events or whatever, and you want to go play in them, well, now you have a chance to do something that's supporting your favorite creators and get a chance at an invite, which you probably wouldn't have otherwise. Because before, our solutions right now were just finishing the top 1,200 of an arena ladder and then, you know, win whatever, have seven wins or whatever, and then do well on day two of the qualifier weekend, right? Like there's the only time you got shot. At least now you can at least get a shot at the qualifier weekend or these invitationals or whatever. They're going to have different invites they're giving away. But this is at least one way to do it. And all you got to do is get lucky once to get your way in, even if you don't have all the time to play the ladder or whatever. So more opportunity for players, you know, more money through the system, more support for creators. Like I'm in like, yeah, I, I like this all the way around. We've been agreeing a lot today. What's going on? I know. <laughs> like, you're you're almost everything. But yeah, this this hasn't been the day. Like, I don't know. It's the holiday season. We're both on holiday. Well, there you go. Day. I don't know. But yeah, okay. So we did talk about last week about expensive systems. So let's uh, get back to that. Because this week, I have been looking even secondhand on some of the things I could find on like, you know, offer up and things like that. Like, some of these Xboxes and PlayStations are starting to creep up to the upper 800s as we've gotten closer to Christmas. 
and we knew this was going to happen because you know a lot of people are, don't do gaming podcasts hadn't followed and they think it's just like normal where hey when it comes time to buy a playstation 5 or xbox series s you just walk to the store and say sell me the thing that's usually the way it's worked for decades before but no not right no. now exactly that anything right now i mean you can find something like i think the cheapest deals i could find on playstations we're in the ballpark of like 700 750 uh and then xboxes were like slightly less than that but like it's it's hard man to come by them but one of the solutions at least for the short term i was wondering because i remember i followed this project from google for a while called stadia and what people may not know about stadia is that it's basically run by google and you can play video games online and the cool part about it is pretty much as long as you can log into an either an android device or chrome you can play from anywhere and you can use any controller any screen whatever that you have which in a way is kind of neat because then it means your gaming power and whatever is only really limited by the machine you're playing on which is kind of cool and they do actually have a fair amount of new games on their stadia offerings as well and it's pretty cheap they have like a free option that gets you free time on some games and different stuff then they have like a paid one that's like $10 a month. That's kind of equivalent to like the Xbox Game Pass and the other stuff they're offering right now. And I was thinking, and, and you know, you're the more the video game expert here, so I'll let you expand on this. But my perspective and why I brought it up is like, could this be a reasonable option for people if, you know, we're not expecting to be able to get a, let's say a $500 Xbox or a $500 PlayStation, you know, till... Hell, at least June or July next year, and maybe even longer than that. But even I was thinking, even if you paid $10 a month and you get like a free month or two, so let's say you spent $50 between now and June or July, even if you bought your PlayStation, it's only $550. You'd still be better off than you would be just buying a PlayStation today. But I don't know. How do you feel about it? I mean, I, I think I still would rather have the PlayStation because I know that, you know, next this time next year, I'll be able to buy games for Sony. Sure. The, the, the one concern I have about this is that hey, this could be a fire sale of Google, maybe just getting rid of these things. But I, I feel like if you, if you know for a fact you're not getting a PlayStation or Xbox right now, it could be worth a shot. Yeah. And see, and that's kind of my logic is that I'm with you. A year from now, is this still going to be a popular project? They're still going to be adding games to it. Who the hell knows, right? Like, so it is a little bit of a gamble because it's still new. It's like a side project for Google. So like, who knows? But they have been adding games to it pretty consistently so far. And I was like, man, for $10 a month, I might take that option and just gamble. Yeah, it's worth it, I think, for a month. See if you enjoy playing this way. See if this is, you know, because like you mentioned, they've got, you know, uh, Madden is on there, uh, Borderlands. There's some other, you know, these, these are some some well-known games. This isn't, oh, yeah. this isn't all vaporware. No, no, no. These are actually like, there's some A-list titles in here, like actual real new games. And there's a couple like popular ones too, if you want to play like the Hitman series and stuff are in there. So like just lots of cool stuff if you want to pick it up. And I like the idea that you can also play with any controller you want. That's the other thing that's kind of interesting. Yeah. So any because I think everybody kind of has their own favorite, you know, in terms yeah. of their their controllers. So so I kind of like that. I mean, there's there's some real benefits to the offering, and a lot of people just may not even know Stadia exists. So you know, I don't know. Maybe maybe if you have some kids that really wanted a new Xbox or PlayStation, and you can't get one affordably, 
you'd be like, hey, we could do this other thing and it's 10 bucks and you have access to all these games and, you know, a chunk of the ones they want to play might even already be on there. So go go check it out. And you get the first at least the first month. I don't know if it's two months still, but at least the first month for free. So you can sign up, check it out, see if you even like it or not before you dedicate any money to it. But it, it's interesting right? because if it works and it's a thing you like, I was just thinking about like for travel purposes, right? Like, you know, say I'm working in the middle of playing like Assassin's Creed or something, which is on there. Like I could just take my laptop and a spare controller on a trip and that's it. That's all I need. You know, so and mine's basically the Xbox controller equivalent because I like that setup. But yeah, just put that in my bag and I'm going to take my laptop anyway to do work. So it's like that's kind of a cool extra option. So, yeah, I don't know. It, it's neat. I just want to put that on people's radar that like, hey, we're we're by the time you're listening to this, we're two days from Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> right. And we, and we both want to discourage you from getting gouged. You know, if you, if you just, you know, if, if you're that big a fan of, you know, Ratchet and Clank, Miles Morales or Halo, we understand. If you, if you just got to have it, you got to have it. Because we, we talked about earlier, we don't want to tell anybody else how to spend their money. It, yeah. It's their money. But I, and I, I'm with you, right? If you have the money and you want to spend it, go ahead. But if you're going to spend it and it's going to put your budget real tight, I would really think about it. Like, just put it off. Look at your other options. And and worst case scenario, the price will probably come down at least a little bit after Christmas because the rush of everybody needing one, whatever. It's not going to be a lot, mind you. I mean, you might save 75 bucks. You know, like one of the things you that, that I've you know seen people do before. Like, let's say because probably if you're a huge play Sony or Xbox person, you already got whatever the last console was. If if you already know you're not going to be able to get the PlayStation Five or the Xbox, whatever, especially if you got kids around, take a uh, hundred and fifty, two hundred bucks of that of that money. Go buy them two hundred bucks worth of games. What kid is going to be mad on Christmas morning if they get? 200 bucks worth of games hopefully no kid you know <laughs> you know that's a good argument like i had really considered that but you're right like go just go get like three four five new games for them i remember well yeah whatever their favorite type of game is you know just go and and, and get a couple of those because there are very few games that are exclusive to you know the the new consoles yet yeah, because these are brand new consoles both of the your call of duties your maddens most of the games that everybody plays are still available on the playstation 4 and the xbox one yeah and you know the the interesting thing about all of this whether we're talking about either the systems or stadia or whatever is we are starting to see more of this model in the video game community of pay a monthly membership, get access to these, you know, hundred games or whatever. Right. That's becoming and now. And I don't know how the business model works as far as money going to each studio, or maybe it's based on how many times a game is downloaded or played or who knows what, I don't know. Maybe, Cause you know, maybe it's something similar to like they do with uh Spotify or whatever. Each yeah. play is worth like one cent or whatever, half a cent or whatever it is like, but I don't know. It seems to be working. It's enough. A, a lot of it is, you know, it's kind of like a store. You have loss leaders. The way this has always worked for the console manufacturers is as expensive as these things are, they lose money on the hardware. They expect to make the money back 
on the software. If they're selling you the console for 500, it probably costs them seven or 800 to make, but they know you're not just going to buy the console. You got to buy something to play. Sell me Spider-Man Miles Morales, you know, while I'm in here. No, I was thinking more about the, the development companies, you know, what, what's their cut? How does that work? You know, but. And even with them, they have a time period where, okay, like for example, Madden, EA, if you have an EA play membership, which is that's their, you know, Netflix style, look at all these games membership. By the research shows, by the time Super Bowl happens, everybody that was going to pay for Madden already has because they're a huge football fan. If they're a medium kind of football fan, they probably bought it at Christmas for $20. By January slash February, nobody else is going to buy it. Give it away for free. Bring them inside and let them and sell them whatever else you got while they're buying Madden. Yeah, sell or them or downloading Madden. Madden. Yeah, <laughs> that too. Because yeah. the game at this point is just the Trojan horse to get Ultimate Team in and get more of your money. Sure. No, no doubt. So, yeah, I don't know. There's some solutions. You know, I, I think so. Some alternatives if you can't get your hand on one of those systems because, yeah, like I said, we're kind of in crunch time for the holidays. Now, I will tell you, there are still some available. People have definitely bought some to uh, scalp or whatever on the classified apps and stuff when I've been looking for research purposes. So there are some out there, at least in my area. Also, but, uh, if, if you're willing to pay for a membership of some kind, GameStop for, I believe theirs is, I want to say $10, $15. Their basically rewards program includes where they will mail you the day before they get a console saying, hey, you're a pro member. We're going to have consoles tomorrow. Here's, you know, what you need to do. Yeah, that's good to have, too. You know, it's, and, it's uh, almost like buying insurance. Yeah, Best, Best Buy has a thing. Unfortunately, theirs, I think, is about 200 bucks. <laughs> but if you've already if you decided you're going to pay a scalper, just go ahead and pay Best Buy. Yeah, especially you, if you're you going to use their be, stuff regularly anyway. Yeah, exactly. Because it's a $200 membership. It allows you like they'll, they'll you know, anything else that you buy over the course of the, let's say you want the new iPhone first, hey, or whatever, whatever other kind of tech toy you want, they'll let you know about that too. And you get first crack with that membership. Hell, especially right now with like, if you're waiting on video cards, yep. <laughs> like, that's real. So yeah, it's, it's an interesting time that there's all these options out there. And, you know, it's almost weird, too, because in a way, some people are buying game systems just to pay the 10 or $20 a month and just get access to all the other games. You absolutely can. If you have any kind of Windows PC, Xbox Game Pass, or Xbox, it, the Game Pass is absolutely worth it. Yeah. Hundreds of games. I'm sure you'll like at least two or three of them. <laughs> so, yeah, there you go, everybody. There's some options. If you can't get a hold of one of these systems or you need to take care of your kids or a family member or whatever that's really hoping to get one, you can still get a lot of games into their hands in an affordable manner in the short term. But now, we want to talk about, or at least ask a question today in the dinner table. And I guess I'll pose this to you first, Brian. But this is something that's kind of come up a few times in various forms. But the question amounts to if you could change one thing about the game industry or the gaming community, what would it be? I think uh, I want to get back to them putting out finished games because now that, you know, almost everything is Internet connected. Some of these games come out. It feels like, OK, we're we, we paid $60 for them to play test this for them. 
Because it's unfair. And even, you know, even the fan base to some extent, oh, they'll fix that in the patch. Yeah, but I paid $60 for it. I'd like it to be finished when I buy it, or not at least in a playable state, if not completely finished. Man, that's relatable. Yeah, that's a pretty good one. I don't think I could fault you on that at all. Like, that's that's a legit complaint because it's been that way for a while now. I mean, I feel like it's been, oh, God, a while. Like, Man, even before I moved up here to Washington, I feel like it's been like that. So at least seven, eight years, you know, that's felt that way. It's like, yeah, that's a good one. I think for me, it would be getting like, I think the thing that's bugged me for a long time is that we have a community of some of the smartest people literally like the nerds like i mean i know people who came to my store who literally worked for spacex but we are so quick to just ignore reality or be overly emotionally driven kind of like this week right like people just being mad about the most random things it's like but you did you stop and think about the positives on stuff like sometimes you can't fight every fight you go like, eh, that's a small thing, but because we're getting such a big upside, we'll deal with it. And that's okay. Like, we have to be all right with that. Like, if I could get the community to understand, like, like I said, even a retailer, which is like, ah, people are complaining about this thing. Let me go put it in front of the retailer. And everybody went, You're mad at Wizards trying to send people to your store? Like, <laughs> yeah, like what's the what's the conspiracy, bro? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like everybody was confused. And I was like, yeah, I don't I don't understand this at all. Right. So it's that level of stuff though, right? Didn't even stop to think about like what does this announcement even really say? It's just like, oh, other people seem mad. I gotta be mad. You know, I bet you all my peers are mad. And it's just like, Man. no, nobody even cared. Right. So like if we could get back to that and just say, look, we are a group of smart people. Like we're literally referenced as geeks and nerds you know, for a reason. Like we need to represent that more often. Like, don't get me wrong. I get that everybody's going to have different opinions and feel a certain way about stuff or whatever, but we got to take a step every once in a while to say like, eh, let me slow down and let me think about this before I just like fly off the handle or outrage about a thing, because the logic is usually just right in front of us. And then I think that would allow us to spend more time to worry about the serious causes and really rally around stuff with each other. But when everybody's just being, I don't know, aimlessly mad about stuff they don't need to be and we're going 15 different ways, you don't get anything done. You got to be like them people on these these union strikes here lately. Like they're for real all in together. You know, like and by the way, congratulations to everybody working at Kellogg's because right. Kellogg's folded and gave them everything they wanted. Oh, oh, random. Okay. Unrelated to this topic. But did you know that there's a, I guess it's called like a cake makers something union that basically works with the companies that make all of the uh, cakes, I think for like Baskin Robbins, all the like. Uh, the ice cream cakes. Yeah. Yeah. I did I, not know that. Now I'm hungry. Now, good job. I was watching a thing because all the ladies, a bunch of them, it's majority women that work in these plants. Like these ladies are all on strike. Been for, I think, a month already. Dude, I thought they were like 13 cakes a minute. What? Yes. I thought I misread that. And I'm right? like watching this interview and like a couple of them quote that number. And I'm like, this is absurd. 
Like, that's absolutely insane. But yeah, if you want to see something crazy, go look up stuff on that. Like, the way they have been treated. And even crazier, if I'm not mistaken, I believe their factory in Tennessee makes more money per hour per person than it does in California, which is really stupid. So, yeah, I totally understand why that strike's happening. But anyway. Third, I'm getting just... That, that, I, between all the various card games, sports I watch, and things that I talk... I hear a lot of stats. 13 cakes a minute. Yes. You're a real MVP. Yes, and if you watch these ladies describe what they have to do, it's literally like, they're like, yeah, these things come through, and I just have to put like a layer of honey down, and I got to do this thing or whatever, and then pass it on. And then other one's like, yeah, I got to do this thing, and I got to put this amount of like frosting over the top or whatever, boom, and pass it on, right? Like, that's literally it. Like, they're they're basically each touching, touching the cake and moving it on for like five seconds. They the real MVP. <laughs> for real. That's what I said. I was like, there's no way that could, that has to be a typo, right? When I read the document, I'm like, this can't be right. But then I'm watching the interviews and all the ladies are quoting like their jobs. Are, I'm like, this is insane. It, it, it's like, Wednesday. I almost we're feel taking, bad for yeah. eating one of those cakes anymore. Right. Like, no joke. I'm like, it, it's Wednesday as we tape this. I'm, I'm going to already go ahead and say I'm not going to hear a more impressive stat in anything this week. <laughs> telling you, dude, it's nuts. Like, it is totally worth watching. If you can find one of the videos. Oh, man, I wish I remember where I saw the video. But it, I'm sure if you look it up, they'll be linked yeah. out there on the internet. But yeah, check it out. It is totally worth it. Like, these women are doing, not even exaggerating, like Herculean work. Right. to make these cakes and are not being properly compensated or taken care of in any way. Like it is ridiculous. Like I just, it's amazing. So I'm glad we're seeing all this, uh, especially like right now it sucks. Cause I can't shop at Fred Meyer. I got to go to Safeway cause you know, they've got their whole thing with their union striking, but it's cool to see that people are coming together for good causes, getting people taken care of. Like just, you know, and I feel like we could have more of that in the gaming community and really activate things if we focus. The problem is, though, we're, we're busy trying to have, like, outrage on everything, and some stuff just doesn't need it. You know, it's like, sure, eh, I'm not the happiest with it, but this isn't a heel worth dying on. Like, that's just a fundamental difference. That's fine. Whatever. But where people are really being mistreated or something could be significantly better or it's affecting people financially or whatever, like, cool. Let's get behind those causes. Like, we have so many smart and amazing minds in the community, we could do some amazing things. I mean, we've seen it on a lot of different levels. It's just we don't do it focused for long periods of time. But all right, Brian, where can they find you when you're not doing this wonderful podcast? All right. I am DL Caesar on YouTube, uh, Twitter, Instagram. Our family channel on YouTube is Alan's Ever After. And you can find me just about everywhere at Power Dragon at P-O-W-R-D-R-A-G-N. And I just want to say, whatever you're celebrating this week or into next week, have a good time. Enjoy your family. Take care of yourself. Be safe with the new COVID that's out there and the flu and whatever. And just remember to be awesome and be awesome to each other. If you'd like to further support Color of Magic, you can find us on our website at colorofmtg.com. We also have a Patreon if you'd like to donate other patreon.com slash color of magic you can also find us on facebook under color of magic and if you want to follow us along at twitter you can find us there at color of mtg and as always please share the podcast around to your friends your network people you think might enjoy it because every little bit helps as we're trying to increase our user base 